Dosri Nune Gor Holodeck Cash. Welcome to the Holodeck is Broken, a Star Trek rewatch podcast. I'm your Captain Laura. I grew up watching most of Star Trek. I'm your first officer, Mac. I've watched way too much Star Trek. I'm Eris, your communications officer, and I've seen some of it. I'm Z, chief security officer, and I have no idea what's going on. Our seven-year mission. To rewatch all of Star Trek from the very beginning. Boldly going where everyone but me has gone before. I am Laura. I am Mac. I'm Eris. And I'm Z. And this week, your away team is in for a treat. We will be discussing the trouble with turtles, but not so fast. We also <laughs> have to discuss Wolf in the Fold, Season 2, Episode 14. Before we get into that, I will say I like that Scotty is the sort of the center, center of attention because it's not one of the, the big three. I also like that it is him because it's a little bit of tension for me, the viewer, because I'm like, oh, cool. of course Scotty wouldn't have killed her. If it had been Bones, I would have been like, yeah, that sounds right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, that's true. They picked Scotty, and I was just sort of like, oh, Scotty, don't do me like this. Scotty, <laughs> I, I had faith in you. Other than that, eh. Every science fiction show has to uh, come up with some kind of weird, convoluted explanation for Jack the Ripper. The bad guy? Pretty sure that's the guy that voices Piglet. You're absolutely 100% correct. <laughs> oh my god. That's a good catch. I wasn't, I really, I'm going to be honest, I really wasn't paying much attention. Um, I was like, oh great, let's objectify some women on this show. Like right. we haven't done that before. <laughs> and, and then I was like, okay, well Scotty's the center, so I'll, I'll, I'll kind of listen in. And then they got to like the trial or whatever, and the piglet dude started talking, and I was like, hold up. Oh, no. <laughs> Who called the Hundred Acre Woods? <laughs> he has a very distinctive voice. I will, I will yeah. give you that. Yeah. I. Uh, I have thoughts. Go ahead. I. Ugh. Yes. No. That's that's the general feeling. It's just. Ugh. I'm exceptionally annoyed, and maybe. Maybe I shouldn't be. You guys can talk me down if I shouldn't be. <laughs> but I am very annoyed that in the little, um, uh, whatever the thing was that, that the girl, the wife of the preceptor, whatever, um, Cebu, I think her name was, Cebu? Sibo. Something that Sibo said when she was like in contact with this entity or whatever is that it hated women. And then not a single of our of our dudes mention that again like later on they're all like oh they talked about she's very angry and stuff like that i was like no she literally said he hated women and you guys are ignoring this like yeah they it yeah. drove me up a wall because later at the end they find i mean i'm just jumping to the end here but like they they find a way to defeat this thing which basically involves laughing at it and treating it like you're not scared of it but as a lot of women know, the thing you don't do to the dude that is harassing you and hates women is laugh at him because that right. makes him angrier. Yeah, right. And they, like they, to yeah, they totally skipped it. They um because they literally come up with the worst, like mis most misogynistic explanation of oh well obviously he preys off of women because women fear fear yes. or feel fear yes. more acutely. Yeah. and I'm just sort of like. He, she literally told you, and then he had made like when he's all finally Jack the Ripper esque, made some aspersions of the just I just fucking hate ladies, and it's like maybe it has nothing to do with the fear so much as they maybe he just hate he just loves killing women, like 
That seems to be his thing. Everyone told you this. Why are you jumping through hoops to be even more misogynistic? I I felt like it was trying to be like five different things at once. In a way, like if you wanted to do a Jack the Ripper episode, this is like basically not how you do it. Like they could (laughs) have set up the beginning to be like, huh, this looks like one of those old stories I used to read or whatever. Like, you know, like they could have like made aid aspersions to the because they had like all the fog and like the tight mm-hmm. alleys and the, which is full on like okay they're just trying to recreate un- London on this other planet like that's what they were trying to do Scotty could have brought that up or the whole like this makes me feel like a 19th century story or whatever yeah. um, and instead they decide to go with the whole like haha we're on the brothel planet <laughs> um, <laughs> and take this whole different way <laughs> and uh I they had a pretty decent murder mystery and then they ruined it with the Jack the Ripper bullshit. Mm. They did. <laughs> I was already kind of at the get-go for like, I wonder if this Piglet, I wonder if Detective Piglet is um somehow wrapped up in these murders because like at first I was like, all right, cool, like whatever. He's like a detective, but like somehow he got sent to this planet that basically has no crime because everyone's having sex too much. And now he's just sort of like, I just don't have the resources to solve. Like we haven't had like actual crime. I mean, somebody accidentally shoplifted, but then they returned it. So that was kind of funny. It was in all the newspapers. <laughs> you know, like, he, so like I was like with him there and then he starts to immediately going, oh no, 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 we can't. No, we can't bring things down from the ship. No, that's a jurisdiction issue. And I'm like, is it a jurisdiction issue? Or did you like, did you kill the lady? (laughs) Are you the killer? Are you like an accomplice? Like maybe you didn't actually kill her, kill her. But like you were an accomplice because it turns out there's like a giant Ponzi scheme or something that you got all wrapped up in. Like I I was already ready for like the murder mystery. And I really thought Detective Piglet had something to do with it. And then they kind of just go left turn. For an entity that had been around since the dawn of time, you'd think he would know not to use a knife from his his (laughs) planet that's like has his initials like two piglet from paw on it right right he would have figured out pi to the last digit by now computer's like haha jokes on you it is infinite i'm just waiting for the computer to get sassy (laughs) but to their credit they blew up their own computer this week by arguing with it yes Congratulations. Yeah. I haven't cool. seen that before. Right. <laughs> so, you know, thumper moment, you know, gotta find something nice to say. I actually enjoyed the fact that they banned jealousy. Instead of going the Puritan route where they ban everything else, they were just like, <laughs> you know what? We like our sex and we like our hedonistic ways. So we're just gonna ban jealousy and that'll solve that. And apparently it kind of did. <laughs> it kind of did honestly they were just like we made jealousy the emotion that nobody should ever feel and you will feel immediate shame for even being jealous i'm not saying it's a perfect fix but i enjoyed that that's the route they took with it <laughs> it's different yeah <laughs> of all the ways to have like to set up a society that was like basically a brothel planet right because like that was that's what they wanted to do but they're like we can't that has some like sex trafficking implications if you're watching that so like oh no no no, wait it's okay because we banned jealousy so now just everybody can do whatever they want with their bodies and that was the way they went with it i'm like all right i'm there for it all right yeah for some of the things that the show actually does well in its 
I guess, racial politics of the time, it fails miserably with its treatment of females. And, <laughs> like yeah. the, the lieutenant that gets killed when she goes to examine Scotty or whatever, her skirt was hiked way up when she fell down. That was a deliberate choice that they had to do. Her skirt, her butt would not be showing that much if she had just fallen because she got stabbed. Like somebody yeah. had to hike her skirt up after the fact. <laughs> so, so the little through joke of this was like Kirk trying to say like this is cafe where the women are and he always gets cut off right i love spock's like no describe them to me i don't (laughs) understand what you mean and it's the full on it's the thing that i have done before where somebody says something misogynistic to me and i just look at them and i go i don't understand what you mean and then i force them to explain what their sexism is and then they get very uncomfortable that's what spock did to kirk right there and i was I was living it. I was for that. I was I was like, you go, Spock. You make Kirk explain his sexist statement to you because he's like, I don't understand what you mean. And Kirk is like, oh, I guess you wouldn't. I guess I'll just believe now. This got real awkward real fast. Unfortunately, they gave Spock the line where he's like, well, of course, women are more easily terrified of the sexes. And I was like, that has never been my experience. If I can go a little bit gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I told Mac was, I was like, show a man a bloody tampon and then get back to me about who's terrified. (laughs) Women are You even said that and I'm kind of in an eldritch horror sort of thing like I don't understand the cosmos. (laughs) Yeah, don't talk to me about women being more terrified than men. Men have more bravado and like more like toxic masculinity so like they've been taught not to necessarily show fear but women are the ones in 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 our culture right now like the incredibly um toxic uh masculinity kind of culture that we've got women are the ones who are the problem solvers so when there's anything that's scary or icky half the times that we're the ones who have to deal with it because the dudes are like i'm not touching that that's gross (laughs) oh you know i'm not oh a big scary spider oh honey it's always the lady (laughs) who has to deal with the scary shit that's why it's always the survivor girl. It's like the, the final girl of the horror movie. She's the yeah. one who has to deal with the scary monster. Everyone else got toast. <laughs> P- possible in-head canon. Maybe Spock was being sarcastic. I will write the fanfic to make that okay. I'll write the fanfic. <laughs> it's like, oh, sure. But it's like, you just don't get Vulcan sarcasm. It's very flat. Uh, <laughs> we have a pretty good recent example of hedonism in our own history with like the Bohemian movement. And I'm just like, there should be way more dudes belly dancing maybe they went to specifically the ladies only kind of one but i'm just like in a hedonist society everybody touching everything <laughs> like it is very pansexual i mean and people have their own preferences and boundaries but it's treated almost as like almost like a bdsm kink list like oh i only like ladies and you're like really you only like you never tried the dude before i mean that's cool We'll safe word it, you know, it's fine. There should be way more dudes and there should be, and it should be definitely like like non-binary people and there should be like gender weird and gender queer. Like there should be a bunch of people all up in the belly like dancing outfits doing their stuff and everybody should be into it. But apparently that's too big for the you know, the 60s, I guess, a notoriously hippie free love era of time. <laughs> well, on network TV, yeah. Yeah, that's true, that's true. They still um, gotta sell dish soap at the commercial. So. Yeah, Dawn doesn't want to come in going like, well, after that fuck fest, buy our soap. Dawn is freaky as fuck. Get your Dawn on. Also, I, I really do feel like, I, I don't know about Scotty, probably Scotty, but definitely Kirk and McCoy 
sought out the straightest place they could find. Yeah. Like, come to Milk Toast. <laughs> this club has everything. Women. I'm based this off of nothing. Okay, so I'm I'm not saying I'm seeing anything that's in this episode. It is based off of nothing. However, I think Scotty would be okay with the slightly racier kind of like maybe some dudes and dudes and ladies and ladies who look like dudes and dudes who look like ladies and and I think he would be okay with a club like that I think he really would I think he'd be like I'm feeling some things and I'm gonna unpack this later but right now I'm just gonna be in the moment there there like, is a I, <laughs> yeah there is a scene in secondary canon there is a species that are called hermats and they uh, possess they, they possess both genders, so they they eschew any idea of a binary quality to gender at all. One of their species met Scotty in a bar, and I don't know if he was necessarily into it, but he wasn't like freaked out by it. But he was sort of amused by the idea of what would happen if one of their species met Kirk. <laughs> As I feel like everyone should be. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, Scotty always kind of strikes me as the guy who's just like, he seems just sort of down for fun, and yeah. like, he's he's a little less judgmental than some of the other boys. Right. Yes, he, I feel like he, possibly also Sulu, are the most open-minded. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I base this off of very little. Like, there's like little key hints or whatever. Definitely there's no hints that like, Scotty's just like, I'll do anything. <laughs> like right. uh, you asked me, like yeah. I mean, like just I. I have very few boundaries. I know what my safe word is, and I trust you to use it. Like I feel like that's Scotty's whole thing. <laughs> I'm down for anything <laughs> with the dude, with the lady, any anybody, anything. We're good. Like his safe word is something out of an engineering manual, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cork. <laughs> Ooh, unless he likes to like yell out engineering terms and sex, and then he's gonna have to pick something else. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he's into it. He seems to really like the ship. That's how if Kirk and him bond. <laughs> this is true. No, they love they love the ship differently. They do. They do. Scotty just wants to take care of her like a daughter, and Kirk just wants to fuck her. <laughs> uh. I'm sorry. If you guys thought I wasn't going to get uncomfortably sexual with this episode, then you guys don't know me. That. We were prepared. We were braced for it. <laughs> we are reaching our commercial time. Does anybody else really want to talk about Wolf of the Fold anymore? Or should we get moving along so we can get to some dribbles? Uh, then I think with that, we will go to our commercial break. Call Seba's clairvoyant psychic hotline. Do you have a dead grandmother that you would really like to contact to make sure that she had no grievances left behind and that she's she's comfortable where she is in the afterlife? Well, then call Seba's clairvoyant hotline. We'll do your seance for you. Did you maybe sort of possibly recently murder someone and you wanted to check with them to see if you're the one that did it? Well, then call Seba's clairvoyance hotline. We'll do your seance for you. Do you have Klingons that is ruining your farming chances? Well, then call Seba's clairvoyance hotline. We'll do your seance for you. Are you looking for the tamest, most heteronormative club on a planet full of pansexual hedonists? You're going to have to call Karis for that because Seba's only does the dirty stuff. So, for Messages of Social Enlightenment, let's get it started. Start the clock! 
Oh my god. You scared me. <laughs> Z. You Water is life. Yeah. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Stop Asian hate. Yeah. Wear a seatbelt. Yeah. Drink your water. Yeah. Yes. Get vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be brave enough to be kind. Yeah. Also punch Nazis. Yeah. They actually go together. I'm just saying. They, those two statements are not mutually exclusive. Always look to improve. Yeah. Yield to pedestrians when you're driving. Like, we're realsies. Trans people are people. Yeah. Yeah. Just leave them poor trans kids alone. Yeah. It's not like a lost battle. <laughs> let kids play sports and use the bathroom without, you know, being harassed. Yeah. I don't care what your stupid state's law is. Give water to people standing in line to vote. That's a great thing to be arrested for. I would not mind yeah. being arrested for that. Yeah. And 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 while you're at it, like, yes, that is, that is amazing, but like, we need to fix whatever the problems are that are causing us to have long lines to vote in places. Yeah. There's some uh, bigger systemic issues that when you have to wait long enough to need water, there's definitely a problem. Yeah, if the only way that you think you can win is through more voter suppression, then maybe you need to change your fucking message. Oh, hey, what do you know? <laughs> right. I think on that cheery note. <laughs> if you enjoy the various vibrational sound things that come out of our mouth, you should go to partyapocalypse.com for more entertainments, including Ask the Myth Turns with your cultural interns. Eris. And Z. Interns, because we're not professional. And we're not getting paid. And they will be back once we have our podcasting production arm in a more normal environment. They will post shows on Fridays we're off, but they'll all be available on PartyApocalypse.com, along with books, blogs, movie reviews, and the fourth wall. Eris, you have both a YouTube and a Twitch, from what I understand. Yes, you can find me at my full name, uh, Eris O'Reilly. For YouTube, I obviously I do like VODs. And stuff, but also I have um, a Let's Play series where I play Skyrim that I have modded into Legend of Zelda, so that's wacky. And then Twitch, I mostly stream art. So you can watch me draw, watch me doodle a bit. Z, you have a unique knowledge, one might almost say wizard or warlock-like, of TikTok. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but sure. Uh, yeah, I have a TikTok. It's underscore. It's just Z underscore. Um, I do doofy videos and um, I have like just under 8,000 followers. So I guess some people like me, hopefully. 8,000 people do. Right. <laughs> Love my life playing a crossword. Do you got anything to plug? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm I'm not on the same creative level as the rest of you. So. Oh, piss off. <laughs> Occasionally, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter if you'd like. I'm at bring to a boil. I post randomly. <laughs> yeah. Back to our episode. Tribbles. Tribbles, along with the city on the edge of forever universally accepted as one of the best of the original series. I didn't have a lot of notes. The only dunk I think I did on the episode is with the scene where Kirk comes back, comes into sickbay, and 
Bones is just standing there with like six or seven tribbles in a sealed plastic container. <laughs> and I was like, and Bones is like, nope, just trying to suffocate some tribbles. Captain, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. it, it looked like a, a cake uh, display case thing. Like he was, you know, this is my, my tribble plate. If yeah. you. <laughs> I just ordered a, a hamster cage. <laughs> It's my birthday. I got enough tribbles for everybody to eat one. I mean, have one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm just... This is another one. Yes, I liked this episode. I was utterly absorbed from the first minute I started watching it. But it was the thing that crossed my mind almost immediately upon the introduction of the tribble. This is sci-fi. And they're traveling, you know, from planet to planet, space station to space station, stuff like that. And I'm just sort of like, there are custom and border laws for like the transport of possibly parasitic and invasive species and basically most countries here on the planet of earth and there seems to be very little of that out in space and I'm just like (laughs) how did nobody think like yeah this may be cute to humans because we particularly like it when skin grows in this furry sort of way but like those were parasites. <laughs> like, right off the bat, I was like, oh, them triples, they're basically just lice. <laughs> like, they are. Yes. It's a parasite. They breed that fast, and there's, like, this weird, like, you can't tell where the head is or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's an invasive species right there. <laughs> that, yep. That's going to get in some trouble. <laughs> Why are you just carrying them around to everywhere? That's going to get them into some trouble. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, I, okay, it's corny as hell, but I legit like guffawed at that ending line that Scotty gives. <laughs> yeah, this episode's got jokes, and yeah. it makes Star Trek fun. And I've always yeah. felt Star Trek should be fun. And what's what's fascinating, and I know that not everyone's in the same place on this, but the there's an episode of Deep Space Nine that goes back and kind of like Forrest Gump's characters into the trouble with Tribbles. And, <laughs> but for me, that just enhances watching the original series episode, knowing that there's other stuff happening with other people. I'm just like, oh my gosh. But it just makes it better. Like it doesn't spoil anything for me. It's, it just enhances the experience. So I just I just really like this episode. I I I I kind of forgive Spock just a little bit um, because at the very beginning of this episode, I I don't even remember what Chekhov said, but Chekhov was like, I was making a little joke, and Spock goes, very little. And I was like, (laughs) all right, Spock, you and I are okay again. (laughs) I mean, he's like, I mean, maybe he's the Spock apologist in me, but I was like, oh, this is a pretty good joke. Yeah. He was like, because I feel like Spock a little bit has the same sensibility with jokes that I do. And that like, if somebody makes a joke that's not funny, then I'm just like, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. I recognize you were trying to make a joke, but considering it was a stupid ass joke, I've elected to ignore it. I like that Spock was affected by the triples. That was actually really fun. Yeah. To see, because of course he was like, no. <laughs> I'm being a Vulcan. I am... Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that her eyes burning. The fight scene. For as terrible as their fight choreography usually is, I 
without they it's not like their fight choreography got better but i think it was utilized the way that it ought to have been all along <laughs> this kind of slocky saloon fight kind of yeah. <laughs> people throwing them across tables and across the bar and stuff and then one guy in the background trying to like order himself a drink for free because the bartender <laughs> ran away i was living this so good what was that guy's name? I can't remember. Toronto Jones. Cyrano yeah, Cyrano Jones. Jones. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh man. Yeah, and I liked his whole thing. I mean, he was kind of like whatever, snake oil kind of salesman kind of uh, archetype. But like, we so rarely get to see non-Federation officers being characters on the show. Like, for the most part, everyone's Starfleet. With the, unless you're a bad guy. Or, yeah. like, the monster of the week kind of thing. And now we get to see, like, this was a space station. It's just space station. And, like, other people. We got the bartender. We got Cyrano. Like, there was just other people, like, doing their shit. Like, non-Starfleet people who live out in space. And you got to see their a little tiniest bit of their world. And I'm here for it. I'd say the one mark against it, and this is, well, there's two things interesting behind the scenes going on. Oh, one, they discovered about halfway through shooting that Robert Heinlein had a novel that was almost essentially the same concept as this episode. Oh, no. And so that caused some uh, consternation. Uh, the writer insists he wasn't aware of it, and it was just sort of parallel development. But that has been some source of controversy over the years. And Roddenberry hated this episode. Because <laughs> oh, there wasn't enough ladies in it. Uh, that might be part of it. He just didn't think that Star Trek should be funny or have fun. Roddenberry was wrong, dare yeah. I say? Is that yeah. sacrilege to say that yeah. Roddenberry didn't understand his own show? He was. He obviously didn't understand his own show. Yeah. Well, he's like a Victor Frankenstein, okay? He brought something into the world that became more than he ever expected because... And he just lost control over it. It's fine. It happens to a lot of people. <laughs> And other people came in and actually made it better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that Lurch is supposed to be Frankenstein's monster, like the actual Frankenstein's monster, like the dude in the novel. Lurch is way better than the Adams family now. Look at him. <laughs> he got a job. He got a family. He's he's good with kids. Yeah, no, Star Trek's at its best when it's fun. I, at least that's what I feel. And that's that's why I think this episode still holds up. <laughs> yeah. We have enough of the future being realized as, like, this gritty dystopia. Like, it's nice yeah. to have the idea of the future as being something, like, fun and hopeful and where people can, like, be people and not have to, like, struggle to survive or whatever. I also have this backstory in my head that... I don't know. Somebody needs to write this down for me. The Tribbles don't like Klingons. And so I kind of have envisioned that their two species are just ancient enemies um, (laughs) that have had epic battles and wars fought in the past. And they're maybe sort of a little bit at a standstill at the moment. And they just sort of hate each other a little bit. But like this goes back generations. So they don't exactly know why they're still fighting or why they hate each other. But like I'm just imagining some like high fantasy kind of Tribbles versus Klingons battle on some field somewhere and I think that would be just amazing to see. (laughs) It's not like an ancient antagonism but there is established that like the Klingons went on a great Tribble hunt after this episode because they got infested (laughs) with them so severely and had to uh, 
eradicate them, and they they sang songs and had <laughs> took great honor. Because <laughs> like, Worf even talks about it in the Deep Space Nine yeah, episode. Yeah, on first glance, triples are like I don't know. Communist detectors, I guess, would be for here. <laughs> there's some there's some weird McCarthyism happening. But like, yeah, and I was like, really? Like, but at the same time, if you're gonna take it like at face value, like this is a thing that happens in the universe of the show. So like let's like get metatextual with it or whatever. I don't think that was a prey response from the triple. That was almost like an aggressive predator response to the clean. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, if Klingons were like an evolved form or like like offshoot evolutionary chain of like a predator to the triples, the triples would be like, they'd probably be making the noise, but they would be like trying to like hide or something or get away. Yeah. And the Klingons wouldn't be so like disgusted by them. They wouldn't be, they would be like, we used to eat you, you know, or whatever. <laughs> but it's the other way around. The triple is like practically leaping at the Klingon. It's like, ah, you know, get it. And the Klingon is literally... Like, they're all shying away from the triple. When I'm like, did the triples used to eat the Klingons? Is this I, like you know, I was like, this is so much better when the cute fluffy thing is the antagonistic species in this. <laughs> they eat everything. What they, if they, what they, if tribbles they, used to be yeah. like twenty times bigger and yeah they used to prey on Klingons and yes. they got smaller over time but uh, right. yeah <laughs> well it takes a lot of calories to maintain a mass that big so they yes, try to yes. use calories just for making a lot of them <laughs> yes it, it's established later on that they are genetic genetically engineered the way that they yes are. yes yeah. this oh. is true but I, I I like my my little. My, my version Great of this Civil War. Yeah. Yes. yes. I may not be the history nerd, but I, Z, I wonder if you've also um, have, have studied or learned about this. Um, there was, on our planet of Earth, um, in the early 1900s, an emu war that we lost. I've heard, I've heard vaguely about it, but I haven't, like, got the details. 10 thousand australian soldiers versus a flock of like a hundred or so emus and there was one casualty a an australian soldier none of the emus were harmed in this war until eventually where the australian soldiers surrendered to the emus they were like that's nah, cool i guess you just own this place now we'll move our town somewhere else man australia is its its own thing isn't it <laughs> but also like I've seen some emus, and yes, they're like smaller versions of ostriches. I mean, they're they're different, but basically, they're smaller versions of ostriches. I think that's a fair, yeah. Um, they're ugh, they're dinosaurs. They're just full on velociraptors covered in feathers. Um, they are apparently quite mean and aggressive, <laughs> and can run very fast. <laughs> A video going around on TikTok of this this girl that had um had like emus as pets or like was at a sanctuary. It was like, it was like an oh, animal like, sanctuary. Yeah, and there was emus and she was just standing in in like making a video and one just like came right up on her and she just stuck her hand out and she said no and it stopped and backed up. I was like, damn! Oh. <laughs> but it was it was like Gosh. shrieking at her and stuff. Its, it's feathers were all puffed up. It was scary. I was like, damn! All right, you got some balls. <laughs> oh, cool. That's a power move right there. Oh, right. she just said yeah. no. That's instant. I'm the alpha, <laughs> and I'm not referencing that terrible wolf study from the '70s. I'm referencing Teen Wolf, <laughs> <laughs> that terrible show in the early 2000s. <laughs> I'm the alpha now. <laughs> in my house, we have we have 
four four people, four living beings, which is me and my husband and our dog and our cat. And I am I am the boss. I'm not the alpha. I'm the boss. And he's he's the vice boss. And the dog is little boss. And then our cat is HR. <laughs> and that's how we establish dominance in our household. Bones, I don't think, understands the term bisexual. No, no right. he doesn't. Yes. Although I, I did appreciate the fact that they just casually said the word bisexual on a 60s TV show. Just threw it out there. I'm like, all right, you're using it wrong, but okay. Although <laughs> I, I may have to look that up because at one point in like medical history, they were very confused about how to label like intersex people. And I wonder if bisexual was like the common word of the day for the 60s. Oh, maybe. Possibly, I I would say because I don't know if I mentioned it while we were actually recording the show, but I I, I read the the uh, the writer of the episode, David Gerald, wrote a whole book about the uh, making of the episode because it was his first professional sale as a writer, oh, and he wow. went on and, and and wrote some other uh, Star Trek and is a fairly accomplished sci-fi writer now. And he was talking about how that the term bisexual is used by Bones was edited in by the uh the producer at the time not roddenberry but gene l coon and he even remarked in the book like there were some other kind of connotations of that term but i was a essentially i was a new writer and didn't want to argue that much (laughs) oh okay interesting yeah because i know bisexual the term to like like me i am bisexual i mean that was from early 1900s for sure Mm. like when it became like a part of regular vernacular, not even like fringe community kind of speak. Yeah. I mean, LGBT, uh, the group, like the official, like whatever, 50133C kind of thing. I think it was established in 1902. So like the B was already in there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot older than I think people super realize uh, even today. I felt a very close kinship with Scotty this week. If I were an engineer my relaxation would be reading engineering journals <laughs> that was so cute I he was, was so, so resistant to, to shore leave it was great oh, yeah. <laughs> go down there there's like people there and i'm gonna have to like have fun and party you like you know what not you know what my idea of a party is sir <laughs> I can do a Russian one, but a Russian one sounds so bad. That's as good as Chekhov's. <laughs> well, this is one of the first episodes that I recall Chekhov being like very Russian to where he is trying to attribute everything in history to Russians. That becomes like a shtick for him a over little time. Bit, but yeah. And this is the first episode that I really see him leaning into that because he did it like two or three times this episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to say four or five. There, yeah, there was a point where Kirk was like, I don't have time for your Russian bullshit now. I am, <laughs> I am eyeball deep in triple, bro. <laughs> I love that the bar fight was started not by them insulting Kirk, but by them insulting the ship. Also, <laughs> that was when Scotty lost it. <laughs> I would get it. I, but I also like the fact that they actually called that out because Kirk is like, so wait, you didn't hit them when they insulted me? And he's like, no, sir. I, you know, <laughs> no, but they insulted the ship and that I could not stand. The whole thing was good. The whole yeah. thing was good. <laughs> it's I an al- Alzheimer. I also really like Kirk's just like miniature like feud with the uh, agricultural dude. <laughs> <laughs> Which I get, because 
and I like how they set it up because I totally understand it. There's a planet-ending event happening, all hands on deck. You need to show up and give us like help um, for fucking weeks. And and Kirk is like, do you know how much stuff like shit that we had to do to prepare to think? And then we're like, this is the priority one like planet-ending signal. And you're using it for bullshit like this? And then just it just gets worse because they're basically just both. All of this was good. There was good characterization. Everyone was really consistent. Like, uh. We are uh, inching on our time. Does anybody else have anything else to say uh, about The Trouble with Triple Z? You got anything? No, it was a good episode. I just didn't have any notes. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I was just enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Ares, you got anything else? Oh, and I can talk about this for like four hours, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good episode. I'm, I'm, I fear I'm going to be like disappointed by episodes from here on out. <laughs> <Yeah>. Probably. <laughs> like this was the high point and then it just sort of tapers off from there. <laughs> well, I, I, that's as good a transition as any, because next time we will be continuing into season two with the game, the gamesters of Triskelion, which I have almost no memory of <laughs> and a piece uh -oh. of the action which I have a very deep and abiding fondness for. It has a comedic tone to it. I don't know if it'll be as good as The Trouble of Tribbles. Probably not. But I have fond memories of it. Are, is, are we going to continue our, uh, you know, Trend one good, pretty bad. good episode, one bad episode? <laughs> My prediction is our next episode will be a bad and a good. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Okay. I just assume Gamesters of Triskelever um, is about an arcade they go to. Ah. Possibly. That's, that's what I'm. That's what I have in my head right now. I've never seen. The what, what if they? What if they start a D and D game on the ship or something? Uh, <laughs> okay, I would be into that though. I'm. I'm thinking it's probably a misbehaving god group. Oh, yeah. we haven't had one of them in a while. Take them all out. They just yeet them out the airlock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like they did with Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Just <laughs> eat him off the ship. <laughs> uh, Alrighty, so with that, we will see you next time. Piece of the action. It's it's a good one. Uh, I think. I hope. <laughs> uh, talk to everybody then. Bye. 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 Bye.